Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with the psychic lawyer Mark Anthony. Mark, we were talking about the archaeologist Howard Carter and his little canary. I'll let you finish that story. Okay, so Carter shows up at the tomb on the morning of November 4th, and nobody's working, and an eerie silence filled the air. So Carter knew one of two things happened. Somebody had been killed or they found something. And one of the Egyptian workers ran up to him, and they said, we found something. And so they found a single step in the sand. So feverishly, they started uncovering uh, the sand, and they found 16 steps leading. Wow, that much sand. Wow. A lot of of sand. And, you know, there are 63 to date. uh, there, There have been 63 tombs found in the Valley of the Kings. And all of them had been plundered. So Carter was expecting another empty tomb. And then they find the door at the bottom of the steps. And Carter's heart almost stopped because the seal on the door, the clay seal on the door was intact. And it had the name Tutankhamun. Wow. So he is like shaking. Immediately he gets back. um, um, He wants to get back to his house so he could notify Lord Carnarvon. But at the precise moment that... They discovered the tomb. Meanwhile, back at Carter's house, a cobra had slithered into his home and got into the cage and uh, with the canary. And his staff ran in, and they saw the uh, cobra devouring oh. the canary. And the Egyptians were horrified because the mascot of the expedition was, was gone. Being devoured by a cobra, which was the symbol of the pharaohs. 
So the staff realized this was an evil omen. Well, three weeks later, and, you know, can you imagine how nerve-wracking it must have been for Carter to wait for the ship to go from England to Egypt, bringing Lord Carnarvon and his daughter, Lady Evelyn. So there they are at, at the tomb, and they found beyond that door, they opened up that door, there was another 30-foot hallway, so it took an entire day to get all the debris and the sand out of there, and they found another sealed door. So what happened, George, is Carter made a small hole in the upper left corner of the doorway. He held up a candle to test the air, and, and they said that the air that came out was hot, and it smelled faintly of oil and perfume, which I always thought was kind of cool. So in his own words, and this comes from Carter's book, The Tomb of Tutankhamun, he described what happened next. He said, for the moment, an eternity it must have seemed to the others standing by. I was struck dumb with amazement. And when Lord Carnarvon, unable to stand the suspense any longer, inquired anxiously, can you see anything? It was all I could do to get out the words, yes, wonderful thing. So then Lord Carnarvon and Lady Evelyn look in, and they are just flabbergasted. Everywhere was the glimmer of gold. The room they peered into was packed with chariots, statues, boards, linens, jewelry, beds, couches, chairs, a throne. Nobody had ever seen anything like this for thousands of years. Pristine, too, I bet. Well, from what they could tell, the tomb had been raided on two occasions. Um, some thieves had come in and taken small things. But even so, over 5,300 objects were found. And Because um, I know we want to get to the curse, but i got to cover this real quick. It took 10 years to get everything out of the tomb. Carter brought the, the best experts from every museum in the world um, to, to photograph, document everything they wanted to make as complete and calculated uh, in inventory. And when they finally got to the, the giant sarcophagus uh, where the, the king's mummy was, they take the, the granite cover off the sarcophagus and they tried to lift the, the, the uh, coffin out and it was so heavy and they couldn't understand why. It was a wooden coffin. Well, there were three coffins. There was the outer wooden coffin shaped like a human, then the inner coffin, uh, the second coffin, but the third coffin, now they knew why it was so heavy. It was 250 pounds of solid gold. Wow. Well, you know what that would be worth today, Mark? I, I tried to calculate it. <laughs> um, I mean, just like off the charts. It, you know, I mean, and the fact that it's so unique that it would be priceless. And, and so then when they get the, the gold coffin open, they find the king's mummy, and on his mummy is the famous golden death mask. So, I mean, th this surpassed anything, uh, anyone's wildest imagination. But the most disturbing thing found in the tomb, George, were two mummified fetuses. And there's been speculation like, now what's this all about? Those were his children, weren't they? Um, according to, to recent DNA tests, they appear to be, um, yeah, the, they were his children. Um, and he was, he was married to his half-sister or something yeah, like that, wasn't his he? His half-sister, Anka Sanaman, 
And I think one of the reasons he had so many physical disabilities is that he was basically the byproduct of generations of inbreeding. Yes. Because, yeah, because exactly. uh, you know, the pharaohs married their sisters, and, and he certainly had a whole slew of genetic uh, 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 disabilities. And after he died, though, Anka Sanaman, who was a teenager, his half-sister, wrote to the king of the Hittites in what is now Turkey, begging him to send one of his sons, a prince, so that she could marry him so he would be king. And when excavations were conducted uh, over a century ago at Hattusis, the Hittite capital, they found her letters. I mean, this is just amazing that they found this. And the king of the Hittites was like, well, I don't really believe you. And she wrote back, I have no son, and basically begging him, please don't um, let me be forced to marry a servant. Long story short, he sends one of his sons. Well, the son never makes it to Egypt. It appears he was ambushed, murdered on the way. Now, we don't know who did it, but we do know that this touched off a war, a 20-year war between the Hittites and Egypt. And then Anka Sanaman was, was married to the Grand Vizier. He was sort of the, the chief of staff of the pharaoh. He was old enough to be her grandfather, and so he becomes pharaoh. And then... Not long after she's married to him, so this teenager is marrying this guy in his 60s, she disappears. And to date, her tomb, her mummy, inscriptions about her have never been found. So there's a big belief that this was the logical conclusion of a plot by the, the priests of Egypt and the ancient religion to eradicate any trace of Tutankhamun's family and certainly his father, the heretic pharaoh, that suppressed the religion in Egypt at the time. And, you know, we may never know, but it certainly, um, certainly uh, was, was captivating. Now, they just about wanted to wipe out that entire dynasty, didn't they? Exactly. So meanwhile, back in the 1920s, this is the biggest story in the world. Reporters from everywhere are coming, and uh, Lord, Car you know, Carter hated the media, couldn't stand them. Lord Carnarvon said, I'll take care of it. He was real flashy and flamboyant. Media loved him until he sold the rights to the story exclusively to the London Times. He cut out every other media outlet in the world. The reporters were ticked, and they were looking for a story. Ah. And, and one of them came up with that they fabricated a story that a clay tablet was found in, a, in the tomb with a curse written in hieroglyphs that said, Death will slay with his wings whoever disturbs the Pharaoh's peace. Well, that sounded great, and they got the idea because, you know, the rumors of the cobra, the symbol of the sure. Pharaoh's eating his canary. But then, a few months later, in April 1923, Lord Carnarvon dies in a Cairo hotel. And it gets even better. When he died all the lights in Cairo flickered and went out for a moment. So now the media is like, okay, there is a curse, and it struck down Lord Carnarvon. But then more people started dying. And by 1929, George, a total of 22 people who had been involved in the excavation of the tomb had died. This is real now. This is real. Yeah. And in some of these people, I mean, it was industrialist John Wolfe, an American industrialist, um, an American, excuse me, um, John Wolfe was a British industrialist, American tycoon George J. Gould, then British aristocrats Mervyn Herbert and Richard Bethel all died, died um, visiting the tomb. And Bethel's father, 
Lord Westbury said, he wrote a suicide note, I can't stand any more of the horrors, you know, talking about the tomb, and he jumped from a window to his death. And then during his funeral, a hearse ran over and killed an eight-year-old boy. Okay, oh, my so, God. Yeah, so... so and, and so. But, but you're saying the curse tablet was made up? Never the existed? The curse tablet was made up, but the media was going crazy with this. You know, and basically people were dying, stories of the curse were flying, and, and everybody was chiming in like, why are all these people dying? Well, the theories that came out, even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and I know he, he's talked about probably quite a bit on Coast to Coast, he, he was the... Um, the creator of Sherlock Holmes. He yep, was his name's come up. It's come oh, up. Sure. He was also a psychic medium. Well, he even chimed in and said that the, the priests of ancient Egypt had conjured elementals, you know, the jinn, non-human spirits, to guard the tomb. And other theories, George, circulated that the Egyptians coated objects in the tomb with long-lasting poisons, lethal microbes, toxic spores, and there was one theory that they even sprinkled radioactive uranium. Now, these are all very, very nice, but none of them have been substantiated. And we do have to realize this was Egypt in the 1920s. It's not like yellow fever, malaria, typhoid, and, and several other diseases were not rampant in a very hot and at times, you know, tropical type of climate. But, but the thing is, so many people died within close proximity to opening the tomb, and then with the media making up the curse, it just hit world news. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. In your savings, weather an economic storm. Think about what you've put away for the future. Inflation can render cash worthless. Real estate can crash like in 2008. Economies built on a mountain of debt can fall like a house of cards. And there are very few physical assets you can invest in that can stand the test of time. Gold has withstood as a valued form of money for millennia. It's why people are flocking to it now and why Birch Gold is busier than ever. Through a little-known tax loophole... Birch Gold can let you convert a retirement account into a tax-sheltered IRA and physical gold. And the best part, it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket to make that change. To learn more, text COAST to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold. Let me ask you this again. Can your IRA or 401k weather an economic storm? If not, call the people I trust, Birch Gold. Text COAST to 989898 and secure your savings Today, From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Didn't King Tot's corpse go on the display all over the planet? It, it um, Well, currently it's in Egypt. His treasures, and I've been in close proximity to, to them um, on a number of occasions. I've had special access, uh, not, not to handle them, but to be close and talk about some interesting vibrations. I've also had the privilege of being in close proximity to, um, to Ramses II, uh, some of the things they found from him. And um, we don't have the time tonight, but I'd love to be able to come back and talk about the silver pharaoh, Susan's the first. That was another, the only other intact pharaoh's tomb ever discovered, and I was um, able to closely examine the gold collar taken off his mummy, 19 pounds of solid gold in this necklace. So, but, but the thing is, Nothing has ever rivaled, nothing has come close to what they found in Tutankhamun's tomb. And the thing is, George, there are 63 tombs, I think 64, uh, that we've discovered so far in the Valley of the Kings. All of them, them um, plundered. Tutankhamun's was the only one intact. Susan's was found at a different location in northern Egypt. But um, King Tut's tomb was the smallest tomb. See, I'm I'm convinced, uh, Mark, that yeah. relics, maybe even the Ark of the Covenant, are in some museum of some billionaire somewhere. Well, that's entirely possible, because with the Ark of the Covenant, um, the city of Tanis, and in Raiders of the Lost Ark, remember they were talking about, you know, the Nazis discovered Tanis. And that's so, right, that's yeah, right. So it takes place there. But Tanis was the site where Professor Pierre Montet, um, he was a French archaeologist, and he found the tomb of, of Susan's the first. But within that tomb, there were two other pharaohs uh, bur- buried there as well. One was Shashank, and uh, the other is Amenope. And the thing is, this tomb was completely intact. In fact, uh, Susan's was buried, um, his coffin was solid silver, which was even more precious in ancient Egypt, because Egypt had to import silver, whereas gold they mined. And Sheshonk is extremely important because he's named in the Bible. In uh, the first book of Kings, chapter 14, verses 25 through 26, it states, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem and carried off the treasure of the temple of the Lord. Now, in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, they used this passage to indicate that the Ark of the Covenant, which we know was housed in the Great Temple in Jerusalem, 
Um, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, they said it was captured and taken to the city of Tanis, which was Shishak's, in Egyptian, be Shashank, his capital. And um, the cool thing about Professor Pierre Montet, remember in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the villain was the French archaeologist yep. René Belloc? Yeah. Um, Pierre Montet is who they based um, uh, Indiana Jones' nemesis, uh, uh, René Belloc, on. I, I, I got the biggest kick out of that when, when I found that. So, so it is entirely possible that the Lost Ark could be in Tanis. There's other theories that it is housed in Ethiopia. Um, in a church, in a in, church. In a church, and, and there's a lot, um, lot of mystery in, in surrounding that. I even talked to a, a priest from Ethiopia who said that he actually um, saw the Ark, which, you know, kind of cool to hear that. There's other thoughts that it may be under um, the Dome Rock in, in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. But that's under a Muslim sanctuary, so no excavations would be permitted there. So certainly, you know, the lost Ark um, of the Covenant, is, uh, you know, it arises all sorts of, of uh, mystery and excitement, and that, too, is a very anomalous uh, artifact that, uh, you know, maybe we'll find it, maybe we won't. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.